I think you just have to trust that standing out of what other people are doing is usually beneficial. Yeah. You have to try it to find out, but almost always it's going to work in your favor. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek that is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free at Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I can't believe that the Christmas is almost here. The New Year is almost here. I just can't believe how quickly this year has gone by. And um, this past weekend was special for us because December 20th is our 10-year anniversary. And it was really cool to just really stop and take note of what's happened over 10 years. And I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like it's one of the biggest accomplishments just arriving here. You know, like marriage is, it's the biggest work. It's the hardest work. It's where all of my stuff comes up. And if you're in a relationship, you know what I'm talking about. And I just really feel so grateful that my husband and I have always been doing the work to try to figure out like what comes up and how to make it better. And recently I told you guys that I went on this week long program to really look at my stuff and try to heal and grieve and overcome and just have more of an ability to be who I really am and be present and let go of whatever is not serving me. And I went to this place called Onsite outside of Nashville and my husband also went on that program, but separately. And it was just very, very life-changing, life-saving, just incredibly deep work. You're basically in therapy for a week. In any case, we had this beautiful anniversary gathering with a, just a very few friends, very intimate, very sweet. And um, my friend Kara was there and Caleb, her boyfriend, Caleb Campbell, who's just awesome, as they were leaving, he said, I just want to honor both of you for doing the work on yourself. And, you know, tonight you both talked a little about, you know, what you're working on and what you want to do going forward into the next 10 years of your marriage. But he said that work that you're doing to deal with your own pain and your own past and making yourself, you know, into the best version of you and dealing with whatever has been in the way, he said, that's really such a gift to your children because they're going to only be able to go as far emotionally as they see you go. And it's an incredible gift to give them to, to set that example so that their work down the road, they've been, you know, this path has been paved. And um, I just feel so grateful that he said that. And it was really just a beautiful evening. And, um, we had a little bit of a ceremony where we kind of renewed our vows and said some really beautiful things. We lit 10 candles for the 10 years we've married and we each said one thing that we felt the other person brought into our life. And I said that my husband had brought worthiness to me. He was the first person who really made me feel worthy to be loved for exactly who I am. He didn't need me to be impressive or entertaining or to make money or to have my hair blown out. He just gave me love 
and I didn't have to earn it. And he shared that I helped him feel seen and that he thought I brought into his life a sense of expansiveness and celebration and purpose. And that was just so beautiful. And then I hired this beautiful woman who came over to teach us all a dance class. And we had like 10 couples and we danced to Frank Sinatra and Michael Buble and Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind and Fire. It was so great. I had so much fun. So that was this past weekend. Thanks for indulging me. Um, a couple announcements. I'm going to be in the Northeast. I'm doing a book signing next Sunday, the 29th in Montclair, New Jersey, which is really close to New York City. And it is such a cute town. If you've never been to Montclair, it's adorable. Bobby Brown, makeup artist Bobby Brown, she lives there. It is gorgeous. And um, the book signing is at Wachung Booksellers in Montclair. I will be there on Sunday, December 29th at 4 p.m. It is a free event. I will be there giving out hugs and selfies, and I will be doing a little speaking and lots of Q&A. It's free, but we do have limited space and we already have a lot of people coming, but there's a little space left. So there's an Eventbrite link in the show notes. I will also post that Eventbrite link uh, in the Instagram and on the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. So go ahead and let us know if you're going to be there. I look forward to seeing you and signing your book, giving you a hug and all the rest. Um, also, I'm doing a huge giveaway, which ends tonight. I'm giving away a $1,000 gift card to Target. All you have to do to enter the giveaway is go on over to my Instagram and you will see there's a really cute image of a cat and it says, I knocked down the Christmas tree. Anyway, in the caption of that Instagram post is all the details, but really all you have to do is leave us a review for the podcast. So if you already left a review, then great. Just let us know you left us a review. Go ahead, leave us a review. You can send us a screenshot of your review in my Instagram, in my DMs, and then you get an extra entry if you buy a book for someone for the holidays. If you buy one of my books for someone for the holidays, you get two entries. And yeah, I'll be announcing the winner tonight. So December 23rd, I'll be announcing the winner and I'll be giving somebody $1,000. And every single one of you who sends me a DM with the screenshot will also get a personal thank you. And uh, yeah, it's easy to enter. All you have to do is leave us a review. And if you like the show, leave us a review. It's a good time to do it. It's a great um, Hanukkah Christmas gift to give to me to go ahead and leave us a review. So I would love it if you did that and you'll enter the giveaway. Also, Thursday's episode is going to be a big celebration of all of you and all of the strides you've been making. So many of you have already sent us your wins, which is so cool. And thank you. If you're thinking, wait, I can send in a win, then great. We're still taking it. And we'd love to hear it coming straight from your voice. So you can record a voice memo on your phone, or you could just email us the story of what you've been up to. Hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. Either email us at voice memo or just type it up and let us know what's been going on with you. You can use the subject line 2019 win and you might just hear yourself on Thursday's show. Today on this episode, we have a really special conversation. I got to sit down with the incredible Derek Sivers. He's a writer, entrepreneur, TED speaker, and he's also been a musician, producer, and a circus performer. He founded the company CD Baby, which some of you might know if you're in the music world. It's the largest online distributor of independent music in the world, and it actually plays a really key role in my own career. I'm going to go into some of those details when I talk to Derek, but in many ways, I don't think this podcast would have happened without it. Derek is such a student of life. He has so much wonderment for so much of what goes on in this planet, being a human. If you want to take a look at what he's exploring, you can check out his site, Sivers.org, or you can listen to his Derek Sivers podcast. What I love about Derek is that he's so present. He's not here to talk about business and strategy because he knows that it's all so much bigger than that. It's about finding what fulfills you, what brings you purpose, what makes you feel like you're really making a deep, lasting contribution. And I just love that. So I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this. We also recorded this on video. So if you want to check it out, we have a link to that in the show notes. Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Derek Sivers. Derek, thank you so much. Really, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. Thanks, Kathy. I mean, I told you that it's because I'm not here to pitch anything. I'm only here because I really love what you're doing. And I got to tell you that the first thing that caught my attention was just the fact that you used the term day job. Because I was in my 40s the first time I met somebody that didn't know the term day job. I said something about day job and they said, what's a day job? 
And it made me realize the day job is a term that like those creative types think of. It's like, there's the thing you're doing for money and there's the thing you really love. But there are a lot of places in the world where that whole concept is just... Oh my God, I love that you just unpacked it like that because it's actually not about business. It's about doing your life's work and feeling like you are seen. So I I love that you're the first person that really got that and thank you. But I'm not surprised because everyone who knows you, and if you know him, you know, he's just one of those very genuine people. And so I want people to hear your story because not everybody knows it. Can you tell us like the whole journey the evolution of of Derek. Okay. So when I was 14, I decided I wanted to be a professional musician, like seriously decided. Like I I said, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so because of this, I knew since I was 14, like I'm never going to have a job. I'm never going to have insurance or a salary or a boss or a pension or all these things that some people just take as a given in life. So I think I started preparing for the hustle if you know what I mean, when I was 14. Where do you think that comes from? That's pretty young to know who you are. Well, it's not like it was a vivid and complete vision. It was always the doing. It was like, I put a guitar in my hand, found the distortion pedal, and I was like, oh yeah, oh Oh, yeah, this is the sound of my soul. (laughs) So age 17, I went off to Berklee College of Music in Boston. But starting from when I was 18, yeah, that's when I, I got my first gig with the circus. So- For the next 11 years, I was a full-time professional musician. Mm -hmm. So at the age of 29, I was selling my CD on my band's website. But times were different then. Like, there wasn't even PayPal. Amazon was just a bookstore. Yeah. Uh, So there was literally not a single business that would sell your CD if you were a musician trying to sell your CD. So I just built this little website to sell my CD and was it already called CD Baby? No, it was on my band's website. It was like a buy now button on my band's website. And so there was this guy, Marco Attesari, a Finnish guy, a musician I knew that said, can you sell my CD through your band's website? And I thought, well, I never thought of that, but sure, okay. And I just did it as a favor to Marco. But then I got a call from Rachel who said, hey, Marco said you could sell my CD on your site. I said, okay, for you, Rachel. And then I started getting calls from strangers friends of friends. So it wasn't until I had about like 10 or 20 albums on my band's website that I finally said, I think I need to give this thing its own name. So that's when I called it CD Baby. So I accidentally started this business. I love it. But it pretty quickly became the largest seller of independent music on the web at the time. I think a couple million customers and eventually I had 85 employees and giant warehouses and all that. It's amazing. How um, long, how long until it really took off? Was it like within months? No, no, no. For a, about four years. Very often I meet people who like start their dream idea and they're a few months into it. They're like, it's just not going well. I'm like, it's been a few months. Like, come on. Like I still, when I was like three years into CD baby, it was still just like me and a guy in my house. Like it was didn't really take off till four years. Like you got to give things time. Anyway, after 10 years, I felt that I had just personally had enough. It's like I had surpassed all of my dreams and visions for it. I was just kind of feeling personally done. It felt like I had been painting this mural for 10 years and I just felt like that's it. I've got nothing more to add. So it was time for me to leave. So that was in 2008. I sold the company and just kind of went exploring different ways of approaching life. That's so cool that you continue to explore more of yourself. I feel like we are so multidimensional and sometimes we we have this zone of excellence and people are like, that's it for you. That's amazing. (laughs) And it is amazing and it's genius, but then there's even more, right? And you've given yourself the gift to keep exploring that. So what did you find? Well, hold on. Let's let's use a musical example. So ACDC... Maybe great, but they did like exactly one thing for 40 years. It basically, yeah. you know, the, the first song they wrote sounds like the last song there. It yep. like, it's almost like they made the same album every year for 40 years and people loved them for it. So some people really truly find what they love doing uh, at some point and they say like, that's, this is it. I'm going to do this one thing until I die. Yeah. And that's great. Like that's just, that's a certain personality type that does that. Mm-hmm. And then you have in the musical comparison, somebody like Madonna 
that wants to keep trying different things. Yeah. Some artists like David Bowie and Paul Simon, I know, like made a really deliberate change. So it's each album was almost his self-contained personality. It's like, now I am Ziggy Stardust. You know, now I'm the thin <laughs> white Duke. And now I'm post-punk. Um, and Paul Simon did that with like his, you know, Graceland album and then Rhythm of the Saints. And like, yeah. So anyway, so I think I'm more like the latter. I like to do things for a little while and then challenge myself to do something completely different. So that's just my personal take. I don't think that people should. I love it. Yeah. And I, I see you as like a spokesman for all the creatives and all the broken souls who want to feel like they fit in. I feel like you found Mm -hmm. a place as like this hero of, of all the misfits, you know, the people (laughs) who, the people who have all this yummy stuff and they, you know, like you did a Ted talk, which was so awesome, weird or just different. Oh, And, And your book is, just like the simple truths about, you know, not getting caught up in the fear, not getting caught up and needing to be this guy in a suit, but like embracing these parts of you, you know? So I feel like one of the biggest hurdles, like just in life in general is like a tremendous amount of self-doubt and fear and the feeling of like, I'm not enough. Like, who am I to start something? So how do you help people work through that? Well, Some of it, I think you shouldn't ignore your doubts. So some of it should be heated. Your emotions have some wisdom in them. So if your emotions are telling you, I'm not ready yet, then you could choose to take that as a sign that you're not ready yet. And you need to practice some more until you feel like, hell yeah, I got this. But like if, if somebody's feeling like they're playing too small, for example, I think it, it might just be a matter of the amount of time you're investing in it. Like you might just be spread too thin. So I think there might be people who think they want to do something. They've dabbled in it and they're feeling insecure about it. Of course you're feeling insecure. You haven't put in the time yet. Like imagine an alternate scenario where you would uh, wake up at 6 a.m. Every day and do this one thing from 6 a.m. to midnight. Like, what is that, 18 hours? <laughs> yeah, 18 hours. You do this one thing for 18 hours a day, seven days a week for six months at a time. There's no way at the end of that six months you would feel that you don't know what you're doing. Because it's just a matter of time. Like, you have to put in the hours and put in the real work and yeah. give yourself the education, but also just give it the focus. So, I think this kind of laser focus can make all the difference in the world. Do you know, have you heard that metaphor of the um, sunlight on a log versus the magnifying glass? There's a metaphor I heard that sunlight on a log doesn't make the log catch on fire. But if you hold up a magnifying glass to concentrate the sun's light into a single point on the log, you can make the log catch on fire. You know that thing you can do with the magnifying glass? Yeah, yeah. So the metaphor being that yeah, if your energy is dissipated across a lot of things, yet nothing's going to catch fire. But if you concentrate all of your energy on a single point, on a single thing, like something's going to catch. Um, so, yeah, I think people are usually spread too thin, doing too much. It's Such a good point. You're not on the mastery path. Yeah. If you're trying and to say yes to everything. It's such a simple, clear direction. And... One thing I want to ask you in terms of you finding your own sense of fulfillment, because you did pivot and started to do that. You did start to focus your time on building CD Baby. And you had said early on, I want to be a rock star. Yeah. And then you built a multi-million dollar company. So how did you do that without feeling like, oh, I sold my soul. I gave up. Well, the time when I did that thing where I was selling my CD and friends asked, can you sell mine? And this thing started happening. By that point in my life, I had been touring nonstop for like 12 years. 12 years. And I years. was starting oh, to get a little sick of it. Like I it was starting to do think? the same old gigs yeah. for the same amount of money. It's not like I was going way up. So I had achieved a certain amount of success by my own measure. I think that this helped too, that as a professional musician, like I bought my house in Woodstock, New York with the money I made touring, which, you know, as a musician is like, that's kind of like, I was pretty happy. You bought a house. Yeah. Yeah. So I was already feeling pretty good with what I had done. 
And I was starting to feel kind of bored with what I was doing. So when this new thing came up, at first I was belittling it. Like I, I said, okay, this, this little CD baby thing, this is my hobby. Like I'm really so pursuing my music. But then I found that's like, as I was learning about databases and learning HTML and all that, like it was fascinating. It's like, how intellectually stimulating is it to get in the van and drive six hours to do another gig versus that same, you know, 15 hours round trip spending like learning SQL and learning programming. I was like, I was like, my brain was sparking more than it had in years. I was like, this is so exciting. So I think I welcomed it intellectually. But I mean, I did have a lot of coming to terms with letting go. Oh God, that's a whole subject we could get on. Letting go of goals. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I just a few weeks ago, gave away all of my musical equipment. Oh, I like felt that. <laughs> but no, this is, this is good. This wasn't a sad thing. It was actually, pause, sentence. The word decide, the Latin root of the word decide means to cut off. Mm. Uh, unpause, resume. So up until <laughs> a few weeks ago, I had felt conflicted. Like every day I'm sitting here, answering emails, working on my book, doing something techie. And I'm like, and I'm loving what I'm doing. But every day I kind of look over at my piano or over at my guitars. And I'm thinking, I I'm not balanced. I really want to spend more time doing music. But it was, I have a concept that says that your actions reveal your values better than your words. So no matter what you say, you want to do, your actions show what your values really are. You can say it all you want, but if you're not doing it, I think you don't really want to do it that much. So I had been saying for the longest time, I want to spend more time making music. I want to spend more time working on songs. I think I did one of those like, right, I'm gonna get serious about this. I'm gonna start budgeting time. I'm gonna turn off my computer every night at this time and spend this hour to this hour only doing music. And as soon as I thought that way, the first thought that came into my head was, oh, but that's time I could be spending doing something better. And I was like, whoa, what did I just think? Like doing something better. I think music has fallen down in my hierarchy yep. without me realizing it. And so I just kind of had this, whoa. I thought about it for a second. I was like, what if I just gave my keyboard and two guitars to my friend that's a professional musician? That would feel great. So yeah, a few weeks ago, I gave it to my friend who's a full-time professional musician here in Oxford, England, and he was thrilled. And he was so thrilled that I was like, dude, do you want my nice studio monitors too? He goes, oh my God, yes. I just gave him everything. And he uses it every single day. And I'm like, okay, all is right in the world. It felt liberating. Oh my God. Great. You literally, like, you just brought me to tears because I used to be a musician and then I started, like you, because of the CD Baby podcast, other artists started asking me if I could help them license their music. That was what I started doing. And um, they would thank me so much for being this like empathetic island in the storm, you know? I loved it so much. So I just poured myself into helping these artists. And I host a big event once a year for a few hundred artists now. And it's just grown into this beautiful thing. And then I started a podcast helping all kinds of creatives and wrote a book. And there's been a part of me that's like, well, did you sell your soul? Like, aren't you supposed to be playing music? And when you just spoke such truth to me, it reminded me, do you remember that movie Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember they do the game again and this guy who had to give up baseball to become a doctor, they're like, you're going to get to play with DiMaggio and like Lou Gehrig and this is your chance. You were supposed to be in the, you know, in the major leagues and you got pulled back home and you became a doctor. So he's like, awesome. I'm going to get to do my dream. I'm going to be, to be, a, I'm going to get to be on the field. And he goes out for the game and while they're in the, this beautiful fake, you know, baseball game with the greatest legends of all time from baseball, this little kid falls from the stands and needs a doctor. And just before he gets to get up to bat, they're like, is anyone a doctor? And he runs back and he doesn't get to play. I forgot about that. Wow, nice comparison. And Kevin Costner goes, aren't you devastated? And he goes, no. He goes, I wouldn't have been able to be a doctor all these years. You know, I've gotten to be a doctor. And mm. it's like, 
this, what you just said, especially coming from you is so important to me because I think so many artists, we don't know, like, are we supposed to give this our entire life? And if we don't, does that mean we're not going to get seen? We're not going to be true to ourselves. And then you had this opportunity that just kind of was so organic where other souls were like, could you help me? And you go, I guess I could. And then another one, I guess I could. And then you go, wow, I'm helping all these people. Right. And I really like it. And does that make me less of a self? And that is just such an important thing. I think the greatest human need, I keep saying it, but I feel like the greatest human need is people want to feel seen. But really, when it comes down to it, what I've also noticed is that the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's purpose. And so somehow when we help other people feel seen and we give that to other people, that's like the greatest feeling. And then you do feel seen, right? Yeah. You're also more directly helping. I'm going to tell a one side tale and then connect it to my tale again. Okay. So at Berkeley College of Music, my roommate was a trumpet player who dropped out after one year to go to engineering school. We lost touch. And then like eight years later, I like ran into him in a parking lot. I was like, Matt? And he goes, Derek? I said, dude, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? And we hadn't talked in eight years. And um, he said, well, I was an engineer for five years. I made a lot of money and it felt pointless. He said, so I quit and I went and got a degree in nursing. I've been a registered nurse for the last year. And he's like, dude, it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. He said, I'm making less money. But he said, every single day, people say, thank you. Like I'm helping people's lives in like a concrete way. And people like grab me by the hand and say, thank you so much. He said, this means way more to me than like income from engineering. He said, I'm like never been happier. This is amazing. So I felt the same thing with going from being an artist, kind of pushing my own stuff. I mean, being an artist is kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Like, it's all very like me. Yeah. From here out there, like me, 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 me. But it's all very one-sided. It's all like rip it out, push it out, rip it out, push it out. So then to suddenly be helping other musicians felt to me like my friend going into nursing. Like every day people like, thank you, thank you so much. It was like nobody had said thank you before from me, you know, skewing myself into the world. So yeah, it was, was, I wasn't that conflicted. It felt a little weird at first, but I could just feel my energy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this because there's so many makers, so many artists that are still going down that path of like, I will just want to make a living, just people paying me for my music. How can they get some of this? How can they weave some of this radical empathy into their life? What would that look like? I feel like artists feel like either I'm going to get paid to just write what I write or just forget it. I guess I'll have to go get a day job. Hmm. What I would advise to musicians wanting to make this kind of leap is to not think you need to be Kathy Heller and not think you need to be Derek Sivers or anybody else, but just pay close attention to your past actions. Like notice what you naturally gravitate towards doing and not saying you want to do, but actually doing. In fact, I think you need to actively forget your past words, like be disloyal to your past proclamations. Um, Just because you announced something to the world once doesn't mean you need to stick with it for the rest of your life. So no matter oh, what that's so good that's no matter what you so say you're interested in doing and no matter what you have said you will do look at what you actually tend to do when you're at your best then you just have to wholeheartedly embrace that like this is yeah. my nature this is what i like doing yeah wow yeah i realized that for me all my music was really about like just this prayer that people would feel mm. like they matter and and I realized that's really what I want to do is get that across. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be through music, even though I was told as a child, that's the thing that makes you unique is that uh, you can write a song. Um, but there was so much more that I wanted to do. I love this conversation. But before we go on, let's just take a quick ad break. 
Something that amazes me about Derek is how much he strives to learn and keep growing. And I think that's ultimately what has made him so fulfilled and so successful. That's why I love having Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for the creator and all of us, providing thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills like design, productivity, and more. For a busy person like me, it's really convenient because classes are on demand so you can learn at your own pace. So get inspired, join a class, and create something you're going to love. One class that I found really helpful is called Productivity Today, Managing Attention in the Digital Age. I can get super distracted with hundreds of notifications on my phone. And in the new year, I'd love to be able to stay more focused on finishing the task at hand. If you're already pretty great at productivity and you want to add a different tool to your kit, you can check out classes in music production, entrepreneurship, marketing. There's so much good stuff to choose from. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get two months free when you sign up at Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. That's two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2 to sign up. That's Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. I also want to give a shout out to our friends at Self Helpless Podcast. If you enjoy Don't Keep Your Day Job, we think you're really going to enjoy the Self Helpless Podcast. Three type A comedians, Taylor Tomlinson, Kelsey Cook, and Delaney Fisher, candidly dive into all things self-improvement. They cover everything from anxiety to feng shui to bad breakups. It's completely uncensored, and they often have special guests and health experts on the show to drop some knowledge. Find Self Helpless wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can visit selfhelplesspodcast.com for all other information. I was so delighted to be a guest on their show about a year ago. I had so much fun with them. They are so genuine and so funny, and they made me feel like such a rock star when I went there because they're like, Kath, we love your show. We're totally fangirling. And it was just so cool to hang out with them. I also had them come to the Dreamtopia event last year because they're just so awesome. So go ahead and check it out and let me know what you think. When people are are persevering and, and looking for their path and the door's not opening, how do you know when you have to just keep persevering? And how do you know when it's, this door is not your door? It's not going to open. You got to go find a different door. I think we mistake persevering for doing the exact same thing over and over again, which is kind of like, you know, you've got the wrong key to the lock and you just go like, well, gotta just keep at it. Just gotta keep, (laughs) no, no, no. You need to find a different way. Like you need to persistently keep trying different things until you get what you're after. So here's a great example. Um, My friend, Mara Hittner, I met her when she was an artist on CD Baby. She had a day job at Music Connection Magazine for a number of years doing ad sales while full-heartedly pursuing her solo artist career. Mm -hmm. So after a number of years, she came to this conclusion that she has given it her all music-wise. And what she really loves doing is just playing to crowds. She likes being on stage and singing to crowds. She realized it didn't even need to be her music. And so she realized that she was so happy being on stage singing Journey and whatever yeah. other like 80s. Right. And yeah. so she just made this decision. She like shut down her artist career as a solo artist. And she's now, her band has been gigging like every single Friday and Saturday night for like oh, 15 years. Winning. And she's thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you a really quick thing that I think that you'll find interesting. So I was signed to Interscope for five minutes. I was there for a few months and I was with Ron Fair and he says, I want to tell you a story. He says, years ago, I was trying to get my legs um, as a songwriter and I had a meeting with Bill Conti, who, for those of you listening who don't know, he wrote the music to Rocky and all these other iconic movies. And he goes, I'm sitting with him. I play him my music. And he says to me, Ron, you're a good songwriter. He says, thanks. He goes, but you're an excellent producer. Just think about that because you're really a good producer. And he said to me, Kath, in that moment, I felt like I was punched in the gut because I wanted him to think I was like an amazing songwriter and I was going to be a rock star. And he gave me an incredible gift because he was kind. He wasn't nice. He was kind. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're an excellent producer. And he said, I made a decision, your word, I made a decision. I was going to double down and 6X down and 10X down on being a producer. And I am so glad I did. And I was like, Mm. whoa, you know? So I love what you're saying. Let's talk about your podcast. What made you want to start a podcast? So I write articles for my site. I call them essays or articles or blog posts. And they're so good. 
Thank you. But they're very succinct. But I know there are a lot of people who have long drives and or walk their dog an hour a day, and they really just prefer to listen, not read. So I've been meaning to do this for years. Yep. And um, that's this audience. Let's talk about the substance of what inspires you to write these essays and, and really uh, what's sort of the, is there a theme? Is there something that you really want people to walk away with, which is why you show up and do those so often? Well, I found out that the word essay comes from the French word, the French verb essayer, which means like to search or to, to discover or to explore. And so usually I privately, I sit down to write like that, like hours a day. So at worst, on a bad day, I write for three hours a day. On a good day, I write for like 15 hours. And I spend hours and hours a day exploring my thoughts on a subject. Sometimes I'm, I'm reading a book on something and I think that the author has come up with a brilliant point, but I'm not satisfied to just echo that point. I have to kind of ingest it and take it in and see what I think of it myself. Or I just have an experience in life. I'm like, try to find the the common threads of something that just happened to me to kind of explain it to myself. Mm-hmm. I'll just spend hours in my diary asking myself questions and then answering those questions. And then most importantly, questioning my answers. So that's my favorite step is going beyond my first reaction and questioning my first answer. Like, what am I doing here? I'm making music. Why am I making music? Because that's really important to me. Is it really important to me? You know, you, you have to do that thing. You have to question your own answers. You have to put a question mark on the end of your statements or on the end of your previous statements so that you start to doubt them and question them. That way you get to explore it a little deeper. That's when you get onto the, the more interesting, like second and third level stuff. So you're not just skimming the surface. Like now you go underwater. Yeah. Now you're looking at the corals. <laughs> um, so most of my writing is just my personal explorations like that. But then, I, so I, I spend hours being verbose in my own diary. And so when I come across something that I think is really interesting and worth sharing, then I edit the hell out of it until it's you know, 20 sentences yeah, that I think capture the essence of this thing in one minute. Part of the reason I keep my writing and podcast so short is I, I do read a lot of books and I often feel bad when the author has a brilliant idea that's like on page 273 oh of a 400 God, page book. Yeah. And I know like, come on, how many people on earth are gonna notice Very that people. brilliant idea? So I have a theory that says that each idea deserves its own spotlight. And so that's why I really like writing articles mm. is because it's, it's one idea at a time. Like if I have two ideas on something, I'll save that second idea for another article. Like yeah. each idea gets its own little spotlight. I love it. I was going to ask you, like, if you had to sort of boil down, like I'm Derek Sivers and this is what I want people to know. Like, what would that thing be? I, I got to disagree with the... The one thing? With the, yeah, I, I'd refuse. If I caught myself feeling like I had one thing to share with the world, then I think I would stop and do something else. Like, that's just my nature. I'm, I, I like being an explorer. I'd like, so I'm going to start publishing books next year. Just about one year ago, I had a moment where I kind of said, I think I'm a writer. Um, uh, yeah, because, I would say uh, well, no, so. Up until a year ago, I really felt like I'm a, an entrepreneur and programmer that every now and then, if I find something worth sharing, I might write it up That's and share it on my blog. Yeah. And it was about a year ago, I did an interesting thought experiment where I asked myself, who are my heroes? And this is just me privately in my diary. And I wrote for an hour about this. And after I was done, I looked at this list of like 13 people. I was like, tick, 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 tick. whoa, every single one of them is an author. Like these are my heroes. And I kind of said, whoa, I think this is an indication of which direction I'm facing. If this is the direction I'm looking up, <laughs> I think this is the direction I'm facing. Yeah, um, that's such a cool exercise. Wow, yeah. I never thought to do that. Now that I've just recently realized that I'm an author, it, now I'm taking it more seriously. And my goal 
is that every time I have a book out, I don't want people to be able to predict what it's going to say. Oh. So that's what I meant. It's like, if I felt like I have one message to the world, I'd think, okay, well then it's time for the next one. Okay. So let me ask you the question in a different way. In this moment, in this season, when you're thinking <laughs> and working on this next big project, the book, right? What, what's really feeling like it's weighing on your heart? Like this is one of the big messages I want to get out. There are so many ways to look at things from different angles. I think of it as like a gem with many facets. Sides Diamond to it, has facets. many facets. Yeah. I think there's a different way to look at almost anything in life and they're all true. It's not that one is correct. It's just a matter of which one is useful to you right now. So if it's useful for you to believe that you're going to die tomorrow because that's what it takes to get you to do something you need to do, then the fact that you're probably not going to die tomorrow and you could say, well, that's not true. It doesn't matter if that belief is useful to you right now. I think it's so much more interesting thinking about what's useful, not what's true. That's yeah. my current fascination. That's really cool. <laughs> and, and what I'm currently fascinated just being in your presence is how present you are. It's really unique to be that way, let me just tell you. And you are such a true original. You, I feel like you are unapologetically you. And I feel like you doing that, one thing that I would say is your, one of your big messages just by being you is that that gives other people permission to be unapologetically them. And you being you is a big gift. So when someone's feeling like, oh gosh, you know, I'm not perfect and it's going to be messy if I'm not prepared. I, I got I to gotta know what I'm going to do in the moment. What's your advice for people to sort of generate more of that self, that presence of like not needing to predict it, not needing to be formal, not needing to have it all together? I think that that's a, mm -hmm. I think perfectionism and planning and I think so many people get so stuck on this formality and on the preciousness of the, perf the perfect plans. What's your advice on that? Um, okay, this isn't advice, but just an observation. Okay. That I think that when you're thinking like a music artist wanting to put yourself out into the world, you constantly think about what differentiates you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be like other people. It's almost like your mission mm -hmm. to not do what others are doing, even marketing-wise. There's a cute story in, it's on my site. It's search for Captain T on Sivers.org on my site. And you'll hear the story about when I was helping a friend market his album to college radio back in the day. I had gone and visited some college radio stations and I saw that all these college radio stations were getting like manila envelopes with CDs arriving at the station. So I said, okay, we need to not do that. Like whatever any, everybody else is doing, Let's do the opposite. So we took this like hilarious thing where we found like these jet black envelopes and rubbed them in dirt and wrote like a ransom note inside. And, you know, that's what we used. And it got a ton of attention. And still to this date, my friend who was the artist, Captain T, awesome. still come up to him and go, dude, you're Captain T. Like I worked at a college radio station 20 years ago and that was the coolest CD we ever got. That's because awesome. Because it was different. And so I think we can do that with ourselves too. So I think I have a natural rebellion that if everybody's being this kind of stiff know-it-all, trying to you know, do this puffery to make themselves look like a brilliant pundit, well, then just naturally I'm going to rebel against that and do the opposite. I think you just have to trust that standing out from the crowd and doing the opposite of what other people are doing is uh, usually beneficial. Yeah. You have to try it to find out, but almost always it's going to work in your favor. Everything is so good. I'm so excited for you and the books and the things and, and, <laughs> and the who knows, because that's the way you are. And you guys, there's so much more of him out for you to soak up from TED Talks to all the essays. And you can listen to those on the podcast if you don't feel like reading and you want to listen. But Derek... Thank you so much for all of this time and all of you. I got so much personally out of your courage, like your courage and that story 
about how you recently made this decision. See, that's what's so cool mm-hmm. is that fear, people always say like, oh, you know, fear is something that's contagious and spreads, but courage is also contagious. And see, your self-realization winds up being something that then lights the way for other people. Hmm. So thank you for doing that deep work because you just gave me a gift today. Thanks, Kathy. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited about it, really. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know I was coming to get that. Um, tell us where we can find you. Oh, just go to sivers.org. It's all there. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if you call it old school or again, if it's just rebellious that uh, I just keep all of my stuff on my own site. I've even just decided to self-publish my next few books. Um, kind of feeling kind of DIY rebellious right now. Like I'm kind of I thinking I won't even sell through Amazon. I think I'm just going to kick it direct. Um, so anyway, go to sivers.org. It's all there. That. And I really would love to just follow up with you and maybe you'll come back when that book comes out. I would love to chat with you anytime. I love, <laughs> I love this conversation. You. You're such a gem. Thank you so much for today. Thanks, Kathy. I love talking to Derek. He's so great. All right. So here are the takeaways. Number one, let each new creation have its own personality. Number two, if your energy is dissipated among too many things, it can't catch fire. But when you are focused, something will catch. That laser focus can make all the difference in the world. Number three, your actions reveal your values better than your words. Number four, perseverance is not doing the same thing over and over again. It's trying different things until you get what you're after. Number five, go beyond your first reaction. Question your own answers. Number six, each idea deserves its own spotlight. Number seven, life is a never-ending exploration. There are so many ways to look at things from different angles. And number eight, trust that standing out from the crowd and doing the opposite can work in your favor. Try it and find out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that there's so much to be doing from last minute holiday shopping and there's always still work and stuff with the house and kids and so much, just so much. So I just want you to know I'm such a big fan of all of you and I don't take it for granted that you spend your time here. Remember, we're going to be doing a fun celebration of all of your wins on Thursday's episode. So if you want a chance to be a part of that, you can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. Then we can play your actual voice right on the podcast, which would be pretty fun to hear yourself on the podcast. And to make sure that you get to hear all the cool episodes that are coming your way, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. If you want to give us a holiday gift, the best thing you can do is share the show with a friend. It doesn't cost you a thing and it helps so much. Honestly, I think that introducing this podcast and the possibilities that we talk about here to someone else, that could really change the way they see the world. And it really might be the best gift that you can give them is to bring them home to themselves and to help them start to do more of them in this next year, next decade. For those of you on the Northeast, come see me in Montclair, New Jersey, four o'clock next Sunday, December 29th. There'll be a link in the show notes for you to RSVP. The tickets are obviously free. And um, if you want to enter that giveaway, all you have to do is leave us a review by tonight and DM me that a screenshot of the review on Instagram at kathy.heller. I'll be giving away a thousand dollar gift card to Target and we'll be announcing that winner tonight. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.